0: You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Welcome to another episode of Lightworkers Lounge. i recording this under a Gemini full moon. And this full moon is powerful as hell because it is conjunct the planet Mars. Conjunct means holding hands with. So when you have a full moon that illuminates your subconscious, whatever house in your birth chart it shines on, it's asking you to really release and get rid of things that are weighing you down in that area of life. But no matter what house it's in, if it's conjunct a planet, but especially Mars, planet of war, action, fighting, masculine energy, That's pretty potent. So this, going out of 2022 with a bang, this full moon is powerful. But this episode is going to be dedicated to all the people who asked me over on our astrology Instagram at cosmic underscore coconut about Sagittarius season, because obviously Sagittarius, woohoo, it's known as the class clown, the funny one. It rules for us here in the states, it rules Christmas time, the holidays, parties, time off work. It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to feel good. But a lot of people said, I, you know, a lot of Sagittarians reached out to me and they were like, I don't like my birthday. Every year around my birthday, I get sad. I feel somber. And I was like, okay, well, let's take a look (laughs) at your birth chart. And I knew exactly what it was. If you have your son- especially in a water house, the fourth house of cancer, the eighth house of Scorpio, or the 12th house of Pisces, every year on your birthday, the energy is going to feel like that, just heavy, emotional, looking back to the past a lot. Somber is just the word that keeps coming up. And this could be for anyone who Sagittarius, let's just pick on Sag for a minute, If you feel sad and seasonal affective disorder just seems to cripple you and have a holly, jolly Christmas, it's just like, (laughs) oh, not going to happen this year. Every year, it could be because Sagittarius season rules a more difficult or heavy house like the 4th, 8th, and the 12th. For me personally, thank you guys for all the birthday love yesterday. I felt so just loved and held. And this is the coolest community I never saw coming ever. Thank you for that. But for me as well, I really have to put in effort to see that my birthday feels good. I have to really take control of my thoughts and steer them towards optimism, towards gratitude. Because if I don't, and I let them run wild because I don't know any better, like I used to as a teenager my birthday just feels so depressing and I just want to sit and cry and that I find in moments of silence on my birthday I could leave a room filled with balloons and cake and love and cards and admiration and go to the bathroom and in a moment of silence I could just hear my heartbeat and think why am I so sad like this makes no sense I'm being showered with love what well Sagittarius rules my eighth house of Scorpio because I'm a Taurus rising so for all my Taurus risings listening to this you're probably nodding in agreement like yes why you know my birthday's not in Sag season but the holidays Christmas these things just feel so heavy for me and it could be because Sagittarius season is your eighth house as well. And this could be for people who have Sagittarius ruling their fourth house, Sagittarius ruling their 12th house. Again, those water houses will really get you. You know, some people might feel confused when they hear the horoscopes for, let's see, cancer season, right? July, that is cancer season. And then you start reading the horoscopes that say, it's an emotional time. You're going to be introverted, introspective. And you might think, man, not me. I've been going to spend class. I've been putting myself out there and networking and I feel great. Don't know what that astrologer is talking about. And that could be because you're a cancer rising and cancer rules your first house of Aries. Whoa, did I lose you yet? Each house has a number, one through 12, and each house has a ruler, right? Someone who owns the house. Let's use this example, real estate. Each house one through 12, has an owner, someone who owns that property. You'll hear some astrologers call them mansions. The first house, first mansion, is ruled by Aries. Aries holds the keys. They own the note. That is their property. But if you're a Cancer rising, then Cancer is the sign renting, leasing from Aries. And so (laughs) I like to use smoothie as an example as well. If you're a Cancer rising, your first house of Aries is ruled by Cancer. So we pour some Cancer, we pour some Aries, and that smoothie, that fire and water smoothie rules your first house. If, again, Cancer rising, second house, this is owned by Taurus. But if you're a Cancer rising, then the second house is being leased by, rented by Taurus. Leo, Leo is paying a monthly mortgage to Taurus in that house. So combine their flavors. That is your second house of earned income, money. And so as an astrologer, this tells me, okay, every time the sun is in Leo, people with a cancer rising are ready to make money. They're feeling their self-worth feel good. They're making money. Back to the first house. If you're a cancer rising and your first house of physical body, leadership, individuality, is rolled by cancer, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, and you could really pour your emotions into your physical health and heal that physical body. Therefore, cancer season to them feels like, all right, let's do this. Let's go. Whereas everybody else is like, I'm going to stay home. Cancer Risings are saying, I'm going to go out (laughs) because I feel ready to open my heart to people. I'm confident in this season right? We keep going. The third house is owned by Gemini. But if you're a Cancer rising, just while we're using that one as an example, then it's being leased by Virgo. Ooh, that's a fun one. Virgo Gemini smoothie. Now we're getting to the fourth house, which is owned by Cancer. They own that property. But if you're a Cancer rising, then Libra is renting space in there. So my Cancer risings, their home life, their family needs to bring them peace, harmony, balance, needs to be their safe space, right? For Cancer Risings, home is truly where the heart is and it is truly where they recharge. So this is really important for them. But also, every year around... Late September and most of October, Cancer Risings might see some domestic disputes. They might feel really sad about the past with children or their mother or grandmother because this is all things that the fourth house may rule. Just their family in general could come into play. So here it is, October. Everyone's going to Halloween parties, getting ready for fall, enjoying all that fall here in the States. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, summertime or spring is really kicking into gear. But if you're a cancer rising, then October every year might feel like, hmm, I don't know why I can't get my head out of the past. It's kind of weighing me down. You see how that works? So this is why it's really important in astrology to know the ruler of your houses and how you can do this. A little trick is look at your rising sign. And yes, you need the exact birth time to get this. Your rising sign always rules your first house. I'm a Taurus rising. My first house is always ruled by Taurus. My smoothie is Aries Taurus. Ooh, I need to bring balance and I need to work out and do something that's not too high intensity to where my Taurus gets uncomfortable, but for a long time. Like walking at a little bit of an incline on a treadmill for an hour seems monotonous to others, but it's perfect for my Taurus Aries first house. As a Taurus rising, my second house is ruled by Gemini. I can really make money, second house, through speaking, Gemini. Oh, wait. (laughs) My third house is then ruled by cancer. I really need to talk about my emotions, right? And so my fourth house is ruled by Leo. So when I hear astrologers say, it's Leo season, baby. Get out there, have fun, dress up, do your hair, I'm thinking no I miss my family or I'd rather stay in that cancer mansion is the fourth house cancer mansion is really putting water over that fiery leo season for me as a Taurus rising if you're an Aries rising look at you it's really easy Aries rules your first house Taurus rules your second house. Gemini rules your third, which are the natural rulers. So this is why Aries rising is such a rare sign because you really like embody. You don't have flavors of smoothies. You have two shots of espresso, the same kind for every house. It's really cool. If you're a Gemini rising, Gemini rules your first house. So dance, anything with music or listening to something for physical health is really good, but always standing up for yourself and your individuality through your words. Um, If you're a Gemini rising, your second house is ruled by cancer. So this could be someone who makes money through teaching children, taking care of children, or something that involves a lot of emotion like healing. If you're a Gemini rising, then your third house is ruled by Leo so leo season for them is probably super fun oh yeah they're ready to socialize and look good and feel good but if you're a gemini rising virgo season rules your f- fourth house so in september or late august these are when you can kind of as a gemini rising look and see okay these i know these are my trigger months these are not my favorite months but I'm going to get through them. I'm going to sit with the feelings, not run away with them, know what to expect, right? Because all astrology is is a forecast, a weather forecast. So Gemini rising, if you're listening to this, Virgo rules your fourth house. And so now you can plant it in your mind, okay, if I come from a family, fourth house, that has a lot of drama, I could see a lot of that on the radar in late August and September. I'm going to steer away from that. Or it could be on the high road. If I want to start a family, mend my family, August and September are a really good time where I feel ready to do this because my fourth house is being activated by the sun. Have I lost you guys yet? trying so hard to really drive this point home. So for me, let me just pull up my chart and read it to you guys. As a Taurus rising, I feel like that's kind of a popular rising sign. Fun fact, you guys, while I pull my chart up, did you know the rarest rising sign is Pisces and Aries? Fun fact of the day. So, for me as an astrologer, I know that Leo season is when my heart can feel a little heavy. I know that my birthday season and holiday season can feel heavy because then my 8th house is activated. And then we skip over to my 12th house, and it is ruled by Aries So. (laughs) lucky me all the fire sign stuff or uh, seasons I mean sorry I was reading all the fire sign seasons are when I can expect to feel the opposite and so it's no wonder when I hear astrologers or heard them growing up I was like okay Sagittarius, season woo my birthday why do I want to (laughs) cry leo season let's go out and do this and look good feel good be confident I'm like I actually feel not confident and I haven't put on makeup in 30 days fourth house and then airy season rules my 12th house of my subconscious. So I take the empowered side of this. And every April when it's airy season, I think, okay, I'm the leader of my thoughts. I control what goes on in my head. Nobody else. But that takes a lot of introspection and being alone to really sit with it and figure out and remove myself from influential energies to go be alone and feel it during airy season. You see that? Let me pull up somebody else's chart. Let's do Baby J's. You know what? Before we move to that... Baby J. Do you mind joining me for a second? I don't have the second mic plugged in, so you might have to... Hello, hello. Okay. I think it's working. So I'm talking to them about how some people... When it's Sagittarius season, what do you hear from astrologers?
1: Uh, Fun and travel.
0: Yeah, they tell you, "Have a holly jolly Christmas." You just you're inundated with it. It can drive you mad. I'm in the gym and I hear that shit. You go to the grocery and they're blasting it. And so,
1: funny thing is, oh, real quick, is that we have Sagittarius season, which I know Christmas is like right on the cusp, basically. We're into Capricorn, right? Yeah. But <laughs> it's a holiday with a fat, happy, <laughs> jolly man who literally flies around the entire world.
0: And deliver and, and like, delivers toys. His butt down chimneys yeah, and I deliver. think so. so Sag- I th- <laughs>
1: he is a Sagittarius, yes.
0: What is Santa's birth chart for the person who <laughs> took mushrooms and came up with Christmas? Okay, but I'm teaching them because there's a lot of Sagittarians who are like I don't feel happy on my birthday. I never have. And there's other people. I've heard it from so many signs throughout my readings who are like, I'm blessed. I'm abundant. I have so many wonderful things to be thankful for. But around my birthday, I'm just always somber. And there's other people who just know. They've noticed a pattern that March is just always a time where they are on E. Mm -hmm. Or September is just, they always know. Here it Mm -hmm. comes. The leaves Mm -hmm. are changing for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. I feel, so I want to ask you, I'm not going to explain it to you. I just want to ask you and be honest and really think about it. I'm going to look at your chart. Okay. I'm going to put you on a spot. Okay. And for those of you listening, BMJ is a cancer rising. So I kind of, if you were listening out there, then you might've heard it, but I don't think you were. How do you feel in October? Don't pick one. For real, go back and you just think of October and think of past Halloween's, or though that Scorpio season. But just think of October. Stop shaking your head. You can't be. How do you feel in October?
1: Like I want to run. No, I, I, I. October. I don't Can think, you think October. Of any
0: childhood memories where you were like,
1: uh, my childhood was literally just being watching my mom drink and go to pool parties. So it was basically <laughs> like I was stuck in Leo season. <laughs> My entire childhood, but (laughs) after. His
0: mom's a Leo, Aries moon, so.
1: (laughs) But after childhood, I feel like I feel like honestly, I I can't pinpoint any things exactly, but I feel like October is always the. It's almost like October begins a new year for me, like October is like when a lot of shifts happen in my life. I think.
0: I've noticed that too. Now that I've been side by side with you for like four Octobers, Mm -hmm. you know what I've noticed is you had a lot of like. There was either drama. Co- drama with family.
1: But, so let's see. There was, it's a, it's like leading up, it's been drama, October, drama, October, drama, October. And then now, this past year, October started a new cycle. I was with James.
0: That was October.
1: I'm pretty sure that was in October. So I'm pretty sure.
0: September 26th was my surgery, so that was... Yeah. That was October fourth house was activated.
1: Yeah, that was October. Nice. Because November second is when I was at Bins. Yeah. So yeah. So October now from like this year on seemed like again though, big shift. Big, big shift, but now it was like a positive shift.
0: So let me tell you why I asked. It's because I'm talking about the houses in the fourth. The 8th and the 12th are my water houses, So these tend to be time periods where people feel somber because you just drown in emotions when the sun is transiting these houses. For you as a Cancer rising, Libra rules your fourth house. Mm-hmm. So that's late to September and most of October. And so... If you can look back, it makes perfect sense because you're right. There's been a lot of family drama that mm-hmm. seems to crop up in late September and October for mm-hmm. you. Just just watching. I mean, literally every October now that I think about it, since I met you, I've watched you just have shit pop up around that. Yeah, I think time.
1: I think too. Like one of the only jobs I ever had, I got laid off in October,
0: and that affected your home life because mm-hmm. that's finances. To mm-hmm. yeah, and so. As an astrologer, I would tell you, hey, every October, be mindful of family drama. Don't play into it. But instead, use this to heal past wounds. Maybe start therapy for just 30 days. Do an intensive therapy session during this. And just instead of going to Halloween parties and raging and doing outward things, go in like you do. You did a huge marathon. And that <laughs> talk about going inward to complete something like that. So you used October in a high road. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh,
1: wait. Yeah. October was my my 50K and then Saul James. Mm-hmm. Those are both October.
0: That's right. right. Very cool. Now, let me ask you again. How does February feel? If you can think back on Valentine's Day's growing up or.
1: um, Well, f- until I met you, quite literally annoying because I was married to a Libra um February's I think February's for me become are like a little more mundane like I feel like there's not much happening I feel like there's not much going on almost like you're just sitting in 75 degree weather with no wind and it's just like
0: nice and it well
1: (laughs) it is but then after so long it's like Is there any breeze? Is there any, like, something going to come? So, yeah. I can't pinpoint any. How does
0: March usually feel for you?
1: March, I think, always ends up being some career movement when I think back.
0: I ask because you're twenty nine degree Cancer rising, so it makes your houses look weird. But Aquarius rules your eighth house of Scorpio.
1: Okay, so that okay. So
0: that tells me that Aquarius season, which is late January, most of February, is usually probably the one of the toughest emotionally, or just feeling like blah. Well, I, Scorpio stuff.
1: Give me some references. Since we've been together, where where have we been in February's? Like where were we at this past February? We were on the road.
0: PCB. No, we were getting ready to leave. We were getting ready to leave? We left on the 28th. And then before that was 2021. We were in the motor home, but you were there for like a week. And then most of February, you were in Midland. Okay. For work and the boys. Okay. And then 2020 is when I moved to To Austin Austin to be with you. So it sounds like... Moving. Moving and big changes, which is the eighth house of transformation. Think about this. When I... When we first moved in together, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Like we were buying groceries together. We went from being internet besties to, mm-hmm. oh my God, we're buying groceries in our place. Yeah. That's a huge transformation. Not only that, but you were divorced and dating someone new mm-hmm. and then co-parenting. That's huge changes and transformation. Yeah. And then the motor home, you've never lived in anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And so that was a huge transformation.
1: I miss the motor home.
0: I do too. And then this past, you know, February kicked off the okay. We need to sign a lease for a year somewhere. No yeah. more Airbnb. No more so huge well, transformation. Then I, then, well,
1: then I would say tough home,
0: transformations, but transformation. I would
1: say home and and transforming home, mm-hmm. which would be which is weird because isn't it isn't that more like fourth house? Would that be more fourth house or no?
0: It would. It hmm. would fourth house is home, but. It's the 8th house of transformation in Aquarius. And you know what? You throw Aquarius in it, just Aquarius, you guys, because he's a cancer rising, so Aquarius rules his 8th house. You do things different. That Mm -hmm. is a key word here with Aquarius is, all right, we're going to give him a big change during this season, and it's going to be weird, wacky, different. I'd say you check, check, check.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else is weird is I think February... Had always been not like a difficult time for us, but it's just been a yeah a little bit darker, deeper time Correct. for us. It has yeah because yeah. it was like some there was so many moving parts that like it brought up a lot.
0: I don't think we've so. ever done a thing for Valentine's Day because oh. we were just not in good headspace. Well,
1: no, but we also said it's we both true. agreed that <laughs> Valentine's Day was dumb that you should love your partner and show up yeah. like it's valentine's day uh, every day
0: there's nothing i want i don't want teddy bears and chocolate yeah and you get me things every single day so that's <laughs> that's what we said day. yeah
1: treat each other like it is valentine's day so okay.
0: now the last question is how does gemini season feel for you
1: when is gemini season again june june
0: late may th- most of june
1: I don't know if this is just because it's a point of reference to the weather, but like, I feel like, I feel like Gemini season's always, um, yeah, I feel like Gemini season's always pretty good. I feel like it's always pretty, it's more, it's lighter. It's definitely a lot lighter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to say, well, that's kind of like summertime. I'm used to, you know, like warm weather, but let's go back and point of reference. June this year, we were here. Um, where were we last year in June?
0: I, the 20s are just blending up into one big blur. I think
1: we were in Claremont.
0: Wow, I am so confused. Yeah, I think
1: we were in Claremont
0: this past year. We were here, and then no, we were moving here into Davis Cup. Oh, really? 2021 is when my adrenals were bad and we were like, oh, we got to stop somewhere. I remember like June 1st or something is when we were going to move into Davis Cup.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Which was big. Oh, yeah. You were gone a lot because you were going to see the boys still.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: If you want, I know you love June weather. I mean, who doesn't? When you just hear the word June as someone who lives in the northern hemisphere, you're like, ah, bright sunny days. But from what I know of you, June has not been a good month for you. No? No. it's They've been really subconsciously hard. And I'm not just saying this because it rules your 12th house. I'm thinking of examples now, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Remember when you left the boys at Pinecone?
1: That was June?
0: Wow. When we moved into Key Largo, that was when you officially left Texas, and you were struggle-bussing. Okay. And then when we moved here in June... You went to do James's Iron Man deal. Okay. And at the same time, you had some nasty family stuff in your head. Hmm. And then when you had your first child, who was born in May, I'm pretty sure June was anxiety-ridden.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Okay, Look at well. That. Yeah. Isn't that wild? You definitely answered that one for me.
0: And that so Gemini rules your twelfth house. So now you know when it comes to June, enjoy that good weather, soak it up. But definitely, whatever sign rules your twelfth house, go to therapy. This Call your therapist and say, Can we do like buy like two sessions a week for a month? That'd be great.
1: This um this past June was good though, huh? There's there's this last year though has been like a big shift in a lot of ways like a lot You've, of good ways
0: we've grown everyone's grown you especially like, me yeah
1: like i feel like all the yeah like if the previous junes were were a mm-hmm. shit show i feel like everything since we've moved here mm-hmm. which was what march yep yeah so everything from march on has been whether it's like big shifts it's been good shifts yeah
0: finally mm-hmm. yeah that's right. I love March. I always have, and it rules my eleventh house of friends, networking, socializing. For me, the tough seasons are Leo, Sag, and Aries. So if you can think back, I mean, this will take up more time, but uh, July, December, and April are my boohoo seasons, which I never realize until I look at my chart, and then when I really think about it, it's like, huh. Interesting.
1: So why are all the fire seasons tough for you again?
0: Because they rule my water houses. My fourth Mm. house is ruled by Leo. Okay. My eighth house is ruled by Sag. And my twelfth house is ruled by Aries. So yes, I am a fire sign. I have quite a bit of fire in mind. Well, I have Mars, Sun, and Mercury in fire. But people wouldn't really notice until I tell them I went to school in Las Vegas. But even then, I was going to school. I was getting the grades. I was doing extracurriculars because guess what? The vast majority of my chart is Earth. <laughs> there it is. And so that's what I wanted to share with you guys because a lot of people, as astrology really takes off, are confused. They're like, why don't I feel confident in Leo season? Why don't I want to deck the halls in Sag season? I'm not laughing, I'm crying. It could be because of this.
1: Where does Sag fall in my chart?
0: She rules your ninth house off the top of my head. Ninth or tenth, you, um, right? So you guys, as an astrologer, something I use, because it's freaking, it's a different language that you have to remember. I close my eyes when I try and count them. But a good rule of thumb. So your rising sign rules your first house, always. The sign opposite of your rising sign will always rule your seventh. So if you're a Cancer rising, who rules your first house? Cancer. Very good. Now, who is Cancer's sister sign? Who is oh, exactly opposite? I'll give you a hint. Capricorn? Very good. Yes, because Cancer's okay. home, Capricorn is office. Okay. Two opposite. So your seventh house, because that's halfway through, that's directly across, is always ruled by Capricorn. So if you ever put in the spot and someone says, hey, what's your 10th house ruled by? You're like, shit, you don't want to count from one to ten because that gets crazy. You just think, okay, my first house is ruled by Cancer, which means my seventh house, halfway through, is ruled by the sister, Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So you can say my seventh house is Capricorn. My eighth house is Aquarius. My ninth house is Pisces. So March for you is a really good time to travel. And You're probably feeling that, haha, <laughs> ha Sag. My tenth house is ruled by Aries. Got it. So... You, I know. Yeah? I always want
1: to I always want to say first house is Aries, but that's just because my mind tells me Aries is number one. But it's it, but the housing right, placements.
0: I know that I gave them the analogy of real estate. Every mm. house is owned by somebody, but then a sign leases it and rents it from that sign. The yep. first house for everybody, no matter your chart for everybody, the first house is owned by Aries. But for you as a Cancer rising, Cancer is renting it mm-hmm. from Aries. For me, Taurus is renting it from Aries. If someone's a Capricorn rising, Capricorn is renting it from yep. Aries. That so you're sense. right. You got it. So you're you asked what Aries or Sagittarius rules for you? Yeah. Your 5th house. Mm. No. Your your chart is so weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sagittarius rules your 6th house. Okay. Of health. Okay. And work. So for work, you need to travel, right? Your coworkers need to be very open-minded. Your health is ruled by Sagittarius. So don't overdo it on the sweets, on the alcohol, on the things you put in your body. Uh, having a routine is what they tell you to do, but probably not what's best for you and your health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Interesting. And so I'll leave you guys with this. Your lucky times of the year, as if you haven't already noticed a pattern in your own individual lives, goes by your Jupiter. So Baby J, since I have your chart in front of me, your Jupiter is in? 10th house? What sign?
1: Uh, You're
0: right, it is in the 10th, but what sign?
1: Um aries
0: your favorite of all your jupiter is an aries and so this tells me fire sign seasons are your lucky times so while sagittarius rules my eighth house and i may be a little boohoo depressed crying against the bed and you have to rub my back like you did the other night you feel really good and abundant and lucky and boy have you come on have you been lucky this past seven days
1: I have been absolutely blessed with, yeah, reaping the rewards of the hard work and networking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Boom. Sag season, baby. And it rules your sixth house of work. So while most people are, I'm off for the rest of the year, you're like, I'm going to the office. I am working because it rules your sixth. Aries rules your 10th. So during April, That's probably when you should really get on stage and take the reins on things. And then Leo rules your second house of earned income. So July is a really good time for you to up your cost, charge more, get more, right? So those seasons, no matter what house they rule, those are your lucky seasons. So if you're gambling, you want to take a risk, that's when to do it. I personally have Jupiter and Taurus. So earthy seasons are my favorite i most people don't like january because it feels like a monday i mm, live for it i love january january is my <laughs> probably my favorite month aside from the super cold winter <laughs> weather it is my jam my ninth house is ruled by capricorn january season that was i safe. feel so good and my jupiter being in taurus all the earthy so may january and september are my months i loved school Until high school, I lived for it. So I loved September, because that meant you got a new backpack and notebooks, and I was ready (laughs) to do it. I love May, because it's the height of spring here in the States, and it just feels so good. And I love January, because I'm like, let's do this. Let's travel.
1: I just love January, because it shows me how much further ahead I am from everyone who didn't do shit in December. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Spoken like a true Aries, Midheaven, (laughs) North Node, and Jupiter. Capricorn rules your seventh house of marriage and love. So if you want to propose or get married, January is actually a really good time.
1: As long as you've got your shit together or organized and show up to work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. So I hope this cleared things up for you guys. A lot of people asked and just get a little confused because astrologers give you the lowdown. Like, oh, Gemini season, ask for what you want. Get out there and socialize. And people are like, ugh, no. Like you, you're probably in the midst of things and thinking, nah, I need a break. I just want to relax because it rules your 12th.
1: Yeah, the, the whenever we started talking about the housing placements more, it-, it
0: World of difference, World right?
1: of difference. When I'm like, I'm very organized. I have a big second house deli. I'm almost everything in the second house. Mm. And it's like, I'm- a Virgo, yes, of course, in so many ways, but like, if I want to chill my mind, my body, and just be fucking lazy, absolutely. Oh, wait, my second house is Taurus.
0: Yeah, so your Makes personality sense. smoothie is a little bit of Taurus and a little bit of Virgo. And so for people listening, a lot of us sometimes say, I totally don't resonate with my sun sign. Well, take a look at what house your son is leasing from. Yeah. Because this is huge. You could be a Leo. And if you're like, that's not me. I don't like hair and makeup. I don't, I'm not the person dancing on tables. Maybe your son's in the fourth house of cancer. Yeah. And that really waters down that fire. Yeah. Mmm. Right? I like it. My son's in the seventh house of Libra. And so when you think of Sagittarius.
1: Makes sense. When you lift your (laughs) arms, smell yourself and go, Ew, I smell (laughs) so bad. I
0: do. (laughs) i have to sniff myself living with a virgo
1: and i'd never I give a better. shit that's the other thing that's why i'm like wait <laughs> i'm not a virgo i don't care if people smell yeah. i don't dress up nice every day like
0: yeah. yes you do not really i mean you just you're such all virgos you guys it's not fair i know libra and taurus rule are ruled by venus so they rule beauty but have you ever looked at a Virgo? They're just, it's not fair.
1: I mean, the other morning, I just put random shit on. I walked outside, and you were like, you look like you're in a...
0: Eddie Bauer Eddie Bauer
1: <laughs> magazine. I was like, I'm...
0: You're just perfect. It's not fair. But yes, that's right. Pay attention to your house. I'm a Sag. People are always like, they don't commit. They don't... And it's true. A lot of normal Sagittarians don't get married or don't want to because they're just so deuces, and all I do is crave partnership.
1: Yeah, but we're starting to get proven that... Sages are actually pretty in more loyal, loyal committed, yeah. healthy relationships than anybody.
0: It's very bizarre, but when you when I study it as an astrologer, it makes perfect sense because fire signs are make really good mates because they are ready to have conflict. Mm-hmm. they don't shy away from it they're ready to go in and they have energy to put towards relationships to put towards making them work and with fire signs you just have to give them radical independence know that that's your boo they're not going anywhere they're not cheating on you especially sages and they're yours for life
1: yeah well loyalty get, get you a virgo in your life and see how much how much fire you still got
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you for stopping what you were doing out there to come drive this point home. Because it's, it's hard. Astrology is a different language, and it takes a lot of practice and examples well, to learn from.
1: now, guys, she'll even understand even more about astrology because her eyesight's a little closer to the stars.
0: Oh, yes. Baby Jay got me a telescope for my birthday. <laughs> he was like, so Virgo, you can't be an astrologer and not look at the stars. <laughs>
1: It's true. You can't. How can you? How can you call yourself a marine biologist and never go to the ocean? Like
0: bomb. You you. You're absolutely right.
1: Now, when you look at the constellations, it's like, whoa, that's this and that's that, and it's just.
0: Is it embarrassing that I will, couldn't tell you where the constellation Sagittarius is in the sky? Um, if I tried.
1: No, I mean, there's billions of little lights up there, but still.
0: <laughs> I bet some astrologers could. I bet Deb good. could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now now you get to make your own art out of it and
0: I can't wait to show them. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was really nice. You you planned such a beautiful birthday for me yesterday. I, I was tried. just telling them I felt so loved.
1: I tried, I tried. It's you a different did. season of life for us. We're not out and about traveling and moving around, but I figured it doesn't mean that you can't do oh, everything no. you still I, can. This
0: I will hold this birthday very dear to my heart. I loved it. Absolutely love it. When you made that chicken Alfredo and we sat on our living room floor eating it, I that was a core memory for me. <laughs> so thank you for that. And thank you for literally just stopping what you were doing. I know you were out there working. I appreciate that. Gotcha. Thank you guys. I hope this explained it a little bit more. You know, you can find me at lightworkers lounge.com if you want a personal birth chart reading so we can talk about what seasons you can really put your mind towards using. I just want to reiterate that now that we know, okay, fire sign seasons are bleh for me, I'm going to change my mindset and just maybe communicate to my partner here hey, it's Aries season. I'm going to be a little emotional. And vice versa. I now know as an astrologer, okay, October is a time he probably needs a lot of support from me.
1: I will say this. Whether you're new to the podcast or you're not, if you want, like, we're sitting here talking, saying, like, what happened then? What happened then? Gosh, I can't remember what happened then. You know the best way to remember what happened? Go grab a moon journal. Go grab one of your moon journals. Buy one of the moon journals. Journal. Do a whole you know, what, 30-day cycle through it or however long? And then you'll have kind of a point of reference to go back to and be like, oh, why did I feel like shit at this time? Oh, let me look at my moon journal. Yeah, This is why. And the best part about the moon journals is I would essentially buy like 12 of them because if they're 30-day cycles and you really want to know a full year, fill one out, fill another one out, keep going all year, and then you have a whole year logged of how you felt throughout the whole fucking year Wow, that you can go back and reference. So one person should have 12 copies (laughs) of the Moon Journal.
0: That's a very good point. Virgo. That's a really, really good point. God, you Virgos are always right. When we were talking about these seasons, we're talking about each sign, which the sun spins... 30 days mm-hmm. in each sign. So that's like a month. That's okay. why I was saying to Baby J, like, hey, how is October for you? Because that whole month pretty much rules your fourth. With the moon journal, the moon is only in a sign for two to two and a half days. So that's a really quick transit. So that helps you plan every month. Mm-hmm. But the moon, but you're right. They could totally use that to go back in time and see. Oh,
1: I literally, at the top of, of let's say I, <laughs> I had I my first Capricorn book.
0: It was a good moon for me, but it turns out it's. Write, like the it, whole season. The
1: first page of the Moon Journal book, I would write, okay, I'm starting this on, uh, you know, the beginning of Capricorn season. So I would write that Capricorn season and then do every day of the moon. And then now you have your Capricorn season book and just work all the way through. So literally now you have big picture and detailed view. Yeah. Like,
0: Yeah. Good point. Thank you for yep. bringing that up. And you guys can buy a signed copy of the moon book on our website, lightworkers-lounge.com, and I can put you a little love note in the book. Or you can get it on Amazon. Get it delivered fast with your Amazon account. Leave a review, too. Those really help the book get out there, and I appreciate them so much. Thank you, Baby Jay. Thank you, Jeffrey, for putting off your walkie. It's 514, and it's pitch black outside. Rock on. Yep. Thank you guys for being here. We have received so much. Many kind words of feedback on our Astro Advice column. Thank you, baby Jay, for doing those with me. You're welcome. Feet on the ground, the Virgo. Head in the stars, the Sag. We are definitely gonna be back with those. We just took a little break to enjoy my birthday week. But we are coming right back with those. So if you have a story that you want advice from, any questions, remember, make them specific but short. I'm talking three to five sentences and send it our way. Attach a screenshot of your birth chart or send us your birth info and we will pull it. And we'll use your birth chart to give you the most tailored advice to your signs. With our feet on the ground, be realistic here, but our head in the stars. I like it. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you later.